You are listening to the Equip Podcast by Arise Ministries. We are confident you will enjoy this next series called Waiting. Whether you are great at waiting or it is your worst quality, you are sure to be challenged and encouraged through this four-week series. Lean in as Kim Heineke, a former single mom, takes us on a journey through waiting. When is the last time you waited for something? I mean really, really waited for something. You know, for many of us, we are waiting for this coronavirus pandemic to end. At the time that we're recording this video, we're in the middle of a waiting game. We're wearing face masks, we're eating only takeout, we're waiting for that curve to flatten so that I can walk around Target aimlessly without shame. I'm waiting on travel to resume so I can have my afternoon snacks from a different location. So much waiting and no control. Do you feel like that in your own life? Let me tell you, I can recall a couple of times in life when I was forced to develop more patience and perseverance than I thought was possible. About 20 years ago, my husband left me, came home one night and announced he didn't want to be married to me anymore, and he packed up his things and he left. And I was in this long period of time of just waiting. And in the last five or six years, my, my boys have transitioned from teenagers into young adulthood, talking about waiting on the world to change. I was not sure that that season was ever gonna end, but it did, and they're great young men. This whole series is about waiting. We're just living in a holding pattern sometimes, and it's not always fun, because if you're like me, you want what you want, when you want it, and it's usually right now because we're conditioned to be impatient in our world, right? We have everything on our cell phone. We can look up anything on the internet. We generally get what we want right when we want it. Truthfully, I wanna eat a salad and I want my cholesterol level to fall in a respectable range. I wanna do like three push-ups and then have fantastic arms. I want my children to behave after I tell them one time and I want them to do it forever. I wanna write for 20 minutes and then I wanna have like a book ready to send to a publisher the next week. But practically speaking, those things don't happen. So let me just ask you, what are things that we wait for? We wait for a new job. We wait for life to get easier. We wait for maybe our social image to improve. Some of you are waiting for a new husband. Some of you are waiting for your kids to just grow up. Some of you are waiting for your health to improve or maybe for your boss to get a different job. Maybe you're waiting for that dream to materialize. Write a book, lead a group, start a business. That time between what is and what could be, when our circumstances are out of step with our desires, that can make us so restless and so impatient because we don't want to wait. Now let me tell you, this series may be a little uneasy for some of you because I'm gonna ask some really hard questions and I'm gonna tell you some things that you might not wanna hear. But truthfully, I'm a mom, so I'm good at both of those. So just stay with me. So before we go further, I just want you to answer, what is it you are waiting for? And I want you to really think about it. And as awkwardly as it might be, I want you to stop the video if you have to, and I want you to think, what is it that I'm waiting for? Where is that disconnect between what I want and what is? What, does, what is that that's tugging at me? Because waiting is really hard, isn't it? And I'm not even gonna try to convince you otherwise. I'm not gonna give you any Sunday school answer that makes you think, yes, waiting is wonderful, I love waiting. Nobody likes to wait. 
The Bible is full of people who had to wait. We're going to talk about some of those. There are many instances, like Moses led the people out of slavery. Joshua led, he had to wait to enter the promised land. Ruth waited for a husband. David waited to become king. Elijah waited for rain. But I want to talk to you today about a woman who had to wait. She was in a waiting season, a holding pattern of life. She was in those interval seasons where what she wanted and what was just didn't line up. So go with me, if you will, to 1 Samuel 3. This is where we're going to look at this. And I'm starting in the very first chapter. I'm starting 1 Samuel 1, verse 2. There was a man named Elkanah, and he had two wives, which, first of all, is a really bad idea from the beginning. No one should have two wives. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah didn't have any. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrificed to the Lord. Now, whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Peninnah and her, her children. And, but to Hannah, the one that didn't have any children, he would give a double portion because Scripture says that the Lord had closed her womb and he loved her. So he, didn't, he gave her twice as much. But... And because the Lord had closed her womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. I'm raising four sons. I know what that sounds like. I know what's, what ridicule and irritation sounds like whenever you just want to make somebody upset. But that's what she was doing to her. So scripture says this went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and she would not eat. Elkanah, her husband, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you so downcast? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? And then once they finished eating and drinking, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. Listen to this. In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow saying, O Lord, if you will only look upon your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but give me a son... Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. So here's what I want you to see. The sister wife ridiculed her, irritated her, made her sick and tired. Hannah is waiting on her world to change. God closed Hannah's womb. She didn't have any children. Do you know what's hard about some seasons of waiting is that we have no control over it. Because if we did, if you're like me, I would fix it, I would change it, I would do whatever it takes to end that waiting. Because no one likes to wait. God closed her womb. People, time, circumstances can be so cruel. Sister wives, cruel. And again, a super bad idea. But have you ever waited like that? Have you ever waited till you were just sick? I remember when that husband left, I didn't eat, I couldn't sleep. I just lived life in a fog and I was paralyzed by sadness and loneliness. I know what it feels like to be sick and tired and irritated and lonely and just waiting for God to move. I had two little boys and that my life was out of control. So I waited. And I waited and I waited and I waited and sometimes not very gracefully. 
but there was a friend that came to me in church one day. Like when all the friends are coming to you and they're saying, we're praying that God would bring your husband back. We're praying for your marriage that it would be restored. This one friend, and she was a friend, she comes up to me in the hallways at church and she said, I just want you to know that I'm praying for you. And I'm praying that God would heal your heart because the truth is he might not come back. Now listen, that has stuck with me for more than 20 years. First, I think it sticks with me because I think, what a terrible, rude thing to say to someone. I thought that was so rude. But it also sticks with me because it's exactly what I needed to hear. Because she was giving language to what I was waiting for. I thought I was waiting for God to make my husband come home and see how wrong this was and just to make everything okay again. But then I see that I was waiting for God to draw me close and heal me. Is it the same thing? You might say, well, it's the same thing. Those two things could happen. And I would argue that they could, but I would also say that one had to happen before the other. Because think about it, if he had returned in my waiting, I could have still been wounded and bitter and resentful, and that does not make for a pretty wife at all. But in waiting for the Lord to heal my heart, as she said, I could wait for him to work in me first and I learned to trust him and then he would heal me regardless of the choices that someone else made. So while those things could happen at the same time, one was more necessary to happen first than the second. Two key points I want to give you in this, this session today. The first key point is this, seasons of waiting reveal who we trust. Now over time, my priority did become waiting on God and wanting Him to be the hero of the story and nobody else. So while I waited for Him to return, I learned God's faithfulness and I learned that He was for me and I learned about His love for me. And He did heal my heart and then He claimed it for His own, independent of what anybody else did. And so when I read that story of Hannah, you know, I just kind of picture in my mind and maybe chase a little rabbit and, and create this story in my mind, I just wonder what was Hannah's motive for wanting a baby so badly that she would weep and, and, and just couldn't eat, that she was so sad and her husband didn't satisfy her and all the things that she had didn't satisfy. She just wanted a baby and she was sick over it. Now that's motherhood because it is good and right for women to want to have a baby. Nothing wrong with that. But I wonder, as she waited, was there anything that got a little jaded in her heart? Now, Peninnah taunted her and ridiculed her. Do you think Hannah ever just thought, I just want to have a baby to shut her up, and then my husband will love me most, and I will give him a son? I don't know. Had she been put down for so long that she couldn't see past it, and she just wanted something so badly that over time she couldn't distinguish, distinguish clearly what she wanted? And maybe that's the same thing for things that you're waiting for. Maybe over time, you don't even understand why you're waiting for that thing. You've just been pining over it for so long that your motives are a little bit cloudy. You know, I, I wonder if Hannah just felt incomplete, as if God were withholding something from her. I have definitely felt that in long seasons of waiting when I'm circling like a plane in a holding pattern, just waiting to land somewhere. Because as a single mom, I could look around at all the married people with their happy little families and just feel like, God, why are you withholding that from me? Did you forget me? I didn't always trust him to come through for me. Maybe you can relate with that. Maybe Hannah was the same. 
God had closed her womb, which tells us that he had her exactly where he wanted her. She was not incomplete. In her eyes, she was, but God had orchestrated that. And perhaps Hannah prayed to the Lord every time she went to the, to the temple. Maybe every time she said, give me a baby and I'll give him back to you. We don't know that. We're only told that in one part that she prayed in bitterness of soul and asked the Lord to remember her. And then we read in that passage of scripture that she dedicates that thing, that baby that she's waiting for, she dedicates him to the Lord even before she had received. Did her season of waiting end when she shifted her focus? God planned that whole thing out, just like he's planning out your life and just like he's planning out my life. He was always in control, but he wanted Hannah's whole heart undivided. And perhaps that's what we need to do. We need to give him our whole heart, our undivided heart to him. Seasons of waiting reveal who we trust. Key point number two is this. Seasons of waiting reveal our priorities. Do we want his best or do we want what we want right now? I am not even comfortable answering that question because on any given day, I could say, I just want what I want. But there is one thing that we never have to wait for. As a follower of Christ, we always have the presence of Jesus. You might be in a holding pattern. You might be in a waiting season, in in uncertainty and in confusion, but God is always with us. Let me give you a scripture, Joshua 1, 9. It says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. When those earthly things that we desire, even if they are good things, even if it's a baby or a new job or a husband, when those earthly things that we desire become more important than what we already have, which is the presence of God, We have to examine our priorities because we can get all kinds of messed up when what we want is greater than what we already have. Because when we come to the place where our desires and our longings are grounded in wanting to serve the Lord, then we're more likely to receive it. Matthew 6, 33, it's a scripture that many of you already know. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. The very first thing that we have to seek is his face. Give him your whole undivided heart in a season of waiting. That's the only way that we posture ourselves to be ready to receive. Now, you're thinking, okay, what does that look like? Practically speaking, what what do you want me to do? I wanna give you three questions that will help you clarify what you're waiting for. I actually want you to write these down and I want you to spend some time thinking about it, asking yourself these questions and see if God doesn't reveal something to you. First question is this, am I being honest with myself? Okay, like super scary question, right? It's, it's very scary when you get completely honest with yourself, but that's what I want you to do. Psalm 139, 23 says this, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. We can't always trust our feelings to tell the truth. I can rarely trust my feelings to tell me the truth. But when we take our desires and our dreams and our questions to Him, and we ask Him to search our heart and clarify our motives, and then we surrender our will to Him, that's a very important step. Just ask the Lord, like, test me and and help me see what it is I'm waiting for. 
The second question I want you to ask yourself is this, is what I want more important than what I have? That's another scary question. Psalm 37, four says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. We have to be willing to evaluate where our focus is. You have to take a minute and think about what are the desires of my heart? Are we always chasing a new job, a husband? Are we chasing something to ease the emotional pain? Then our delight will be in the things of this world. And listen, we will miss out on the joy of the Lord if we are always chasing things of this world. Are the desires of your heart rooted in knowing Him intimately, or is it chasing something that you think will make you happy? So the third question is this, and I, they're all hard questions, but this one's a really hard one for me too. Whose kingdom does this build? Like this thing that you're waiting on, whose kingdom does it build? James 4.3 says, you ask and you receive not because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. What we say we value is not always what we value. And nobody wants to hear that. I don't want to hear that for myself. But all you have to do, honestly, is take a look at your calendar and your bank account, and you can see where you spend your time and money, and you can see what you value. Sometimes I believe we are just stuck in a holding pattern because we're asking God to build our own kingdom and our, our platform and not His. What are you waiting for? Let's go back to that question. Psalm 39, seven says this, and now, O Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. Ladies, that must be our answer to this question this week. What are we waiting for? What is this interval of life that we're in and, and where is our focus? Where is our heart? Because ultimately the posture of our heart in a season of waiting must be bowed before him, waiting for his plan to unfold in our lives. Do you desire that particular job? Or do you desire to experience God's provision for your life? Do you desire health? Or do you desire to experience the hand of the healer? Do you want your kids to behave so your life is easier? Yes, yes I do. Or do you desire for God to transform them and make His presence known in their life? We have to be like Hannah. We have to cry out to the Lord and we have to surrender our dreams to God. And we trust that He already has formed a plan for our life. So we give Him our whole heart undivided. You are not incomplete. You're just in a holding pattern. You're just in the waiting room of life. What are you waiting on? You're gonna take a look into that question this week. The answers may surprise you. In the next few weeks over the series, we're gonna talk about what is the purpose in the delay of waiting? And what do we do while we're waiting? And then we'll finish off with the dangers of rushing ahead. But for this week, I just want you to spend some time before the Lord saying, search me, show me whose kingdom I'm building, and then surrendering your whole heart to Him as you're in a season of waiting. We hope you're enjoying this waiting series from Arise Ministries. Come back next week for week two of waiting and follow us wherever you get your favorite podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Have a wonderful week.